Matrix is a system, Neo. That system is our enemy. When you're inside, you look around, what do you see? Businessmen, teachers, lawyers, carpenters, the very minds of the people we are trying to save. But until we do, these people are still a part of that system, and that makes them our enemy. You have to understand, most of these people are not ready to be unplugged. And many of them are so inert, so hopelessly dependent on the system, that they will fight to protect it. Welcome all my fellow MAGA Force extremists to the RBFTT podcast, Rangers Battlefield for the Truth. In this episode, 47, which is being recorded on October 7th, 2022, at 12.05 p.m., I will be discussing the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipeline sabotage that happened on September 26th of this year. But before we really get into the pipeline sabotage, here are two Greg Reese reports on Russia, Putin, and a, a potential World War III. People of the West are being told that Putin is so bad that nuclear war is a reasonable option to get rid of him. And if you think this may be true, I urge you first to take the time to watch Oliver Stone's interview with Vladimir Putin and see for yourself if this one man is worth starting a war over. The mainstream talking point is that Vladimir Putin is a killer because he was in the KGB. But what they won't tell you is that he resigned from the KGB because he did not agree with their methods. He described communism as a blind alley far away from the mainstream of civilization. He is a patriot of old Russia, the thousand year melting pot of many cultures, and for his entire leadership has sought peace with NATO. For a brief moment, it looked as if President Reagan and Mikhail Gorbachev were going to end the mutual assured destruction arms race between the two countries. But by the time Putin got a seat at the table, the mood had changed. Putin tells us that President Clinton tried persuading him to join the U.S. in leaving the anti-ballistic missile treaty of 1972, citing an ambiguous threat from Iran as an excuse. Putin suggested that if they were to abandon this foundation of arms control, then they should develop a new anti-ballistic agreement. В конечном итоге, как это не печально, наши партнеры от этого предложения отказались. Putin has been assisting the United States in the war against terror and has seen how the U.S. have been using terrorist groups against Russia. We, 
что наши партнеры американские на словах говорят о поддержке России, говорят о необходимости готовности к сотрудничеству, в том числе в борьбе с терроризмом, а на самом деле используют этих террористов для раскачки внутриполитической ситуации в России. Russia moved in to defend civilians, and the American media spun it as if Russia was the aggressor. When an overwhelming majority of Crimeans voted to join Russia, the Western media spun it as if Russia had coerced them. In 2012, the U.S. State Department openly meddled in Russia's elections. And in 2014, they orchestrated a violent overthrow of the Ukrainian government in plain view. Early this year, the U.S. State Department threatened to shut down the Nord Stream pipeline. If Russia invades Ukraine, one way or another, Nord Stream 2 will not move forward. Followed by President Biden. If, uh, if Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine uh, again, then uh, there will be... Uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. But how will, you, how will you do that exactly, since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control? We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. And now it appears as if the U.S. has done it, as the State Department brags about it. While NATO desperately seeks world domination, the Russian foreign ministry has built an alliance with the majority of the world, an alliance backed by sound money that respects national sovereignty and strives for world peace. At this point, it seems fairly obvious that if Americans don't wake up to the fact that they are no longer the good guys, then they stand to lose all the freedoms that America used to stand for. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. While millions may be waking up to the depopulation agenda, it still continues unhindered. The COVID vaccines have been thoroughly exposed as being deadly, and yet we are still injecting our children with them. The National Guard deceptively gives service members the deadly COVID vaccine instead of the flu shot. Russia is forcing all citizens conscripted to fight in Ukraine, now estimated to be 300,000 people, to get vaccinated for COVID or go to jail for 10 years. And dairy farmers in New Zealand are being forced to vaccinate their cattle with an mRNA vaccine, which is reportedly resulting in the instant death of 15% of the herd. And the cattle that do survive will now produce milk and meat with the spike protein. It is now clear to all that the LGBT movement is part of this depopulation program. Homosexual sex wasn't enough for this death cult, so they incentivized castrating children under the guise of transgenderism. Eugenics program Planned Parenthood is now marketing puberty blockers and chemical castration for children. Planned Parenthood is also launching a new mobile abortion clinic in an attempt to maintain depopulation levels 
at the borders of states which have made it illegal to kill babies in the womb. And with the war in Ukraine needlessly escalating, with no peace talks being considered at all, it is evident that the Judas goats and their bureaucrat minions think they can kill us all and evade justice for their crimes against humanity. It appears that the United States has sabotaged Russia's Nord Stream 2 fuel pipeline, an act of war reminiscent of the Berlin-Baghdad railway conflict that helped ignite World War I. Early this week, Russia's infamous doomsday submarine, capable of creating a radioactive tsunami, reportedly disappeared from its base and was spotted days later while operating on the Arctic surface. Photographs in the city of Belgorod appear to show the deployment of the Paris Vet mobile laser system, which renders an area invisible to enemy surveillance by blinding surrounding satellites, allowing Russia to secretly mobilize an attack. Retired Brigadier General Kimmet says nukes are on the table. Look, I think it's fairly simple to uh, lay down the options. It could be uh, the soft side of it, which is doubling down on sanctions, doubling down on export controls, uh, ranging all the way to a, a nuclear response of our own and everything in between. Wow. Uh, Zelensky says that NATO must preemptively launch nuclear weapons against Russia as a warning. And unhinged Hollywood activist Sean Penn agrees with him. Why even countries that have nuclear weapons can remain intimidated to use them. And we're seeing that now with our own country. And I fear what that legacy is going to be. We don't want, no one wants to see a nuclear country. I don't want to see one. Nobody At the does. same time, if only one bully is going to be able to use those weapons as a threat, we got to rethink what we're doing. The lunatics in charge are buying up underground bunkers and anti-radiation drugs in hopes they will survive the mass culling agenda that continues on, unhindered. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Now, for all for those of you who, who don't know, the Nord Stream pipeline is a pair of offshore natural gas pipelines in Europe that runs under the Baltic Sea from Russia to Germany. This is mainly how Germany and, and Europe get their get their energy. So, you know, on top of them getting other, you know, energy uh, export from um, from Russia. Russia needs that pipeline to control Europe's energy. Basically, the threat of giving them a dark winter if they keep supporting Ukraine and NATO. As I've said in past episodes, the U.S. is using Ukraine as an excuse to take down Russia. Again, just like when they created and funded the Osama bin Laden-led Taliban during the Russia-Afghanistan war from 1979 to 1989. The U.S. spreads NATO to Russia's border after promising that they wouldn't. They build bioweapon labs in Ukraine. They lie about it, say they don't have it. Then it comes out that they do have it. And they say, oh, well, whatever. It's not a big deal. We need those in there anyway. 
we're not building weapons. They installed the gay porn actor Zelensky as president in Ukraine. They, they sanctioned Russia for placing its own troops on its own border. Which, think about that. That would be the equivalent if Mexico, like, sanctioned the U.S. and said, hey, you can't put Border Patrol, you can't put National Guard, whatever it is, on on your border near near Mexico anymore. We'd be like, what? no, it's our border. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Deal with it. But see, Russia does it. And all of a sudden, it's a dictatorship. It's out of control. We need to police the fucking world. Only the United States can put troops where we fucking want. The United States has been funding the Ukrainian military with nearly set now with nearly seventy billion in total, sending billions of dollars worth of military equipment to help Ukraine fight against Russian tanks and air and their air force. And it is now known that the United States has special forces units in Ukraine training them on how to defeat the Russian army. So what happens when none of that is ending the war in Ukraine? What happens when Russia uses energy as a weapon against Europe and NATO countries? Well, you simply blow it up. But hey, don't take my word for it. Listen to the evidence the Epoch Times puts out and quotes from American politicians such as Joe Biden and the U.S. Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, uh, basically saying, we will end the pipeline. That being said, the most telling piece of evidence is actually air traffic control data. And this, for me, was the one that made me really wonder, dang, did the U.S. do this? Um, let me show you this. This is, a, this is the actual flight map. This is an actual flight map. And I, I, this is probably the most telling part. What, we're gonna, what I'm going to show you, this is the flight map of a U.S. Navy P-8A Poseidon. Uh, this is an airplane that flew over the area, interestingly, the exact time that the pipeline blew up. In other words, a PA-8 Poseidon, a U.S. Navy airplane, right, on September 26, flew over the exact area almost at the within an hour, I believe, of the explosion. And this, to me, is probably the most telling piece of evidence. Um, I'll show you an, another map. Uh, this, this is one map specifically of that and it actually has the data of the plane it says type p8a operator usn which is u.s navy country united states date september 26 so it actually has the data there this is another map uh, this is on pathfinder.net that shows again september 26 and it actually shows the flight path of that airplane um, you can even hit play on it in fact i won't show you this because it'll take hours but you can hit play on it and you can actually watch the exact times that this was captured on the flight map and you can see again that it flies over the pipeline within an hour of it exploding now why does that matter 
Well, remember previously, again, when, uh, funny enough, Forbes is trying to say Russia did this, right? Using no evidence. Uh, when Forbes was suggesting that, one thing they said was that if there were undersea activities, if there were divers active, that you would need to have supporting vessels. That would mean either an aircraft or a boat. We've seen now evidence of an aircraft and a boat on the NATO side. Well, I guess technically Ukraine isn't NATO, but we do have evidence of both assets being present in the area. That being said as well, it's also totally possible the PA-8 Poseidon blew it up itself, that the divers were not needed. Now, I should note there were multiple points where there were explosions. I believe there were three total, two on one pipeline, one on the other, if I remember right. But interestingly, the PA-8 Poseidon has a very specific armament. And again, this is hypothetical, This is hypothetical, right? I'm, I'm not saying that this is exactly what happened. I'm, I'm showing you the circumstantial evidence and by, sh by going over the available evidence, trying to piece together a picture of what did take place that day. I'll pull it up. Let me answer the first question first. If Germany, if, uh, if Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine again then uh there will be uh we there will be no longer a north stream too we we will bring it into it okay but how will you how will you do that exactly since the project and control of the project is within germany's control we will uh i promise you we'll be able to do it let me answer okay, so Biden is saying that he promises us that he would be able to do it, to bring an end to the Nord Stream 2 pipeline if Russia were to maintain the war. And so it does look like Biden admitted that the U.S. has the capabilities and the intent and even said that they would do it. I'll show you one more video that will jump over to Epic TV exclusively. Uh, this is from The Hill nine months ago, and this is... Um, Senator Ron Johnson, a Republican, asking questions to Victoria Newland, Under Secretary of State for Political Affairs, during a Senate Foreign Relations Committee uh, hearing to examine the U.S.-Russian policy. This is a this is on YouTube. I'll pull up YouTube for you all real quick, and I'll, I'll play this. Start starting from two minutes fifty three seconds. Two minutes fifty three seconds to the end, just so you guys get what's going on with this. Uh, and we are looking at the full suite of options. Um, I think in the in the context of the diplomacy that we are doing and the work that we're doing internally, I was gratified to have a chance to go through some of those specific measures in the classified session yesterday. Um, but going beyond that in this open session, I think um, doesn't um, help us get from here to there. But we every everything is on the table. I would say if if that is helpful. Well, one thing that I believe so. Certainly, the Senate Foreign Relations Committee is pretty unified on it. May not be unanimous. Was our support for sanctions against uh, Nord Stream Two pipeline? And that I think we were all, many of us, were very disappointed that uh, those sanctions were not fully implemented and the construction continued. Um, I, I can't think of a, a more powerful way to punish uh, Russian aggression 
then by rolling back what progress has been made and if at all possible, uh, prevent the North Stream 2 from ever being completed. Uh, is that something that is being discussed with allies? Is that something that's being contemplated? Absolutely. And as, if, as you recall from the July U.S.-German statement, that was very much uh, in that statement that if that any moves Russian aggression against Ukraine uh, would have a direct impact on the pipeline. And that is our expectation and the conversation that we're having. So again, direct impact is one thing, but I'm, I'm literally talking about rolling back the, the, the pipeline. And I loosely define that, but I mean, taking action that will prevent it from ever becoming operational. I think if President Putin moves on Ukraine, our expectation is that the pipeline will be suspended. Well, I certainly hope uh, that the Senate Foreign Relations Committee would take up uh, legislation to go beyond just suspending it, but from ending it permanently. But anyway, thank you, uh, Undersecretary Newland. Ultimately, um, this is also a tremendous opportunity. It's a tremendous opportunity to once and for all remove the dependence on Russian energy and thus to take away from uh, Vladimir Putin the weaponization of energy as a means of advancing uh, his uh, imperial designs. Uh, that's very significant, and that offers tremendous um, strategic opportunity for, um, for the years to come. But meanwhile, we're determined to do everything we possibly can uh, to make sure that the consequences of all of this are not borne by citizens in our countries, or for that matter, around the world. Now, after all that information that you just heard, if you still don't believe me, well, here's some more. This is from the uh, Al Maiden Net, Al Mahdi Net. Um, the CIA manages training program for Ukrainian paramilitaries. Reports indicate that the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA, is conducting training for Ukrainian soldiers as well as paramilitary units to kill Russians. This is from a Yahoo News exclusive. Secret CIA training program in Ukraine helped Kyiv uh, prepare for Russian invasion. Daily Wire. U.S. Navy, NATO, recently tested underwater technology near a location uh, Nord Stream pipelines were damaged. There's an overwhelming amount of evidence that points to the U.S. blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. The U.S. basically is creating another Afghanistan in, in, in Ukraine. The U.S. wants World War III. But how is the mainstream media covering it? Well, here's one article from Tech. U.S. podcasters spread Kremlin narratives on Nord Stream sabotage. See, all this, uh, let me just, all this flat earth stuff is fake. And why am I bringing up flat earth stuff? Because here's how you know. When you're on target. Okay. 
is when the media, there's two things. One, you get censored, blocked, deleted, whatever. Your free speech gets gets denied. And the media comes out and says the complete opposite of what you're saying. Vaccines are bad. Okay, they're going to come out and say the vaccines are good. Uh, the U.S. is starting a war with Russia. No, Russia invaded Ukraine, and they're starting the whole thing. We need World War III. Uh, there's bioweapon labs in Ukraine. No, there's not bioweapon labs in Ukraine. The ghost of Kiev uh, fighter, uh, jet fighter, I think that's fake. No, it's real. Which turned out to be fake. Even Zelensky said that it was just a Ukrainian military propaganda. U.S. podcasters podcasters spread Kremlin narratives on Nord Stream sabotage. The mainstream media, once again... Is working in is working overtime to push out the propaganda, the misinformation that the United States is the good guys. I'm not saying Russia's the bad guys, or I, I, it's we can no longer say that we're the bad that we're the good guys. We can no longer say that we are out promoting freedom. Look look at what happened when the United States promoted freedom, spread their democracy to Iraq, Afghanistan, or even back in Vietnam, Korea. All those war, those past wars, worthless, amounted to nothing. Waste of money, waste of lives. And now we're doing it again. Spreading democracy in Ukraine. Seems like everywhere that the United States spreads democracy, the the complete opposite happens in that wherever they're spreading it. And meanwhile, here in the United States, we don't have we don't have uh, really freedom anymore. Government's working with big tech to censor and, and, and delete social media accounts. People going on saying, we own the science. I'll get to that in the next, in episode 48 with COVID updates. Fauci going on, uh, you know, late night shows talking about, still talking about how, you know, the, the, uh, uh, Vaccines work and ivermectin doesn't. Folks, we're we're not the good guys. And as and trust me, I love every year, especially the last three years, like doing Fourth of July. Celebrating Fourth of July. But if this shit continues, I don't know if I can celebrate Fourth of July because we don't really have a country anymore. This isn't the United States anymore. 
We're not united. This isn't a free country. Sure, you can make the argument saying that we're freer than other countries. Sure, I guess. But to say that, to say blankly that we're just a free country and this is a democracy, that, that's a lie. You can't say that anymore. And, and we're not the good guys. The United States is the bully. We're the bully. And other countries are getting tired of our shit. We're in a really bad situation. Understand that, that Russia cannot lose this war against Ukraine. It also knows that the U.S. is helping financially and militarily. The U.S. cannot lose the war to Russia because, one, it has invested billions of dollars into this war already, and, two, the U.S. cannot lose another war like the one we lost in Afghanistan and Iraq. But there is also a third reason as to why we are in a bad situation on a world scale. The U.S. needs another war. Without another war, who is to blame for inflation? How do you get the American people to forget about inflation and how bad the Democrats have ruined the country in just two years? How do you get people to ignore the vaccinated injuries and deaths that are increasing every month? A good old-fashioned world war. That fixes everything. Right? Nothing like on the nightly news every day, you're just world war right in your face. Every day. Every day. World war. I can tell you one thing right now for certain, though, as we wrap up this episode. If World War III pops off, there will be a draft. And I don't know about all of you, but I'm going to use that draft letter as toilet paper. There's no way in hell that I'm allowing... Well, first, I'm not going to fight for a country anymore. That... Saw me the last two years and still does as an unvaccinated piece of shit that wanted me to be in a concentration camp, that didn't want me to have a job, that wanted me to be homeless, that, I mean, go on and on. You know, a country that supports pedophilism. A country that's still ignorant to where it's getting its kids vaccinated. To where I still see, I mean, why, why would I fight for any of that? Why would I let these elites use my body to win another war for their own special interests? I'd rather get arrested for ignoring the draft. Well, okay. Actually, let's get one thing straight. I won't be getting arrested. If law enforcement shows up at my door because I skipped the draft, lock and load, motherfucker. 
I'd rather die fighting for my freedom to not join the draft than die in Russia or China for some fucking elite. So, let's keep our eye on the ball for one, two things. One, you know, if you're of age, think about what you're going to do if there's a draft for World War Three. And two, let's keep our eye on the ball. It, you know, this stuff is a threat. It is worrisome. But we, again, kind of the whole point of me doing this entire, how I started this podcast, keep the eye, keep the eye on the ball. And that's the, all the vaccine injuries and deaths. This is what they want you to forget about. That's going to do it for this episode 47. Thank you for listening and make sure to also listen to episode 48, which I will be recording right after this. And that episode will be more on the COVID vaccine updates.